This is a Props.com production. Estonian is Matt Perrault. This is our city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, guys? How are you? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, the book, myself, Matt Peralt, the Bostonian. We are loaded today, Dave, for the first time in the show's history. We have not one, but two guests today on the show. How about that? We're great. I'm just hoping it works. So I'm hoping. So I'm hoping it works. Everything we're doing now for the first time, we're, we're, it, I'd say with, with Farrah at the controls, I think we're like we're minus one fifty to make it work yeah. if we're going to put a price on it. So yeah, I'm I think good we're good with it. We we got so, a lot of the kinks out in L.A. It's good. Thomas Casali from NBC Sports Bet is going to join us, lead college basketball writer for them. we got a big night on the hardwood for the college hoops. What happens a lot on Tuesday, you get a lot of these big games, conference matchups. we got really like five or six. We'll kind of focus on three conference big ones, including Nova on the road against Providence, who is arguably the most underappreciated team in college basketball. They're undefeated at home. They're 14-0. and They've been rolling. They've got a two-game lead on Nova. Uh, so we'll do that. So, yeah, so we will have a guest at 1030 Pacific time, 130 Eastern with Thomas Casali. And then we'll have Ryan Butler, Butler Betts coming on at 11 o'clock talking about what happened to New Jersey's handle for the Super Bowl, because New York did what we thought New York was going to do. Dave, New York goes legal and all of a sudden Nevada rises right back up to the top because Jersey's handle was it wasn't way down, but. It got, I mean, in terms of the hold, Nevada made twice as much money as New Jersey. You surprised? No, not at all. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> doing it a long time. There's a lot of people here that know what they're doing. Um, they didn't let us go do it everywhere else. You know, they asked, but they don't want to hear anything. Um, no, not surprised at all. Ne- Nevada has an advantage in that people come here and bet futures. The futures price. Of a, you have a bit of a head start going into the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl win is bigger because you have people here that have been booking futures for for a long time and can get that money. I don't know how many people in New Jersey are betting Tennessee to win the Super Bowl. How many people are betting the Rams to win the Super Bowl? Out here, they bet everybody to win the Super Bowl for a lot of money. And when you want to get down big, you come to Vegas to do it. So. That's always the difference, but, you know, they don't really move the line much. It, it, it doesn't make you not surprising at all. It's interesting that you say that because so that number about winning on the Super Bowl actually factors in the future wagers market once it closes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. How big is that? How like just ballpark that? For Nevada, I mean, how how many millions are we talking about in terms of what people are betting futures market wise, where only one team wins and thirty one lose? Well, I mean, it, it, 
most books have a, a minimum half a million to a million dollar head start on the on the Super Bowl. I mean, if you're booking it right and you're taking bets. Mm-hmm. I mean, we on the regular used to have guys want to bet, you know, fifty thousand on Kansas City to win the Super Bowl at five to one. Well, that's two hundred and fifty thousand. Not a lot of books might want to take that exposure. We couldn't wait to take it. So, you know, you can't you you get all that handle and then the right teams win or get in it. I mean, if Cincinnati would have won, yes, the money lines payouts would have been a lot, but the future market, there was probably 12 tickets on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl in a lot of places. Just weren't there. I mean, until they were, you know, in the AFC championship or one round before, and then the price was eight to one or ten to one. I mean, the highest that anybody legitimately probably got since he was 40 to one. So yeah, so it encount it encounters all of it. And then I mean, don't forget, you know, the prop market started here. So taking two dimes a whack on props, the game went under. You know a lot of the props went under. I'm sure the prop handle and win was bigger here than it was in a lot of places because, you know, you're taking bigger bets. That's the thing about this business. You need to take bigger bets, but you need to take more of them to actually increase the win percentage versus the handle couple of things from Ryan Butler and we'll get to him coming up here in about 50 minutes on the show to talk about these things you know directly but yesterday Nevada reported that the handle of 179.8 million that's the number one largest handle in Nevada sports book Super Bowl history they won 15.4 million third most ever and the win percentage of 8.6% was fifth best ever any of those numbers surprise you? No, not with the result. No. The game going under and the favorite winning but not covering. If it wasn't that, it would surprise me. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be closer to 10%. That's good. Um it's supposed to be high volume because I think the matchup was kind of um it wasn't like the sexiest matchup. I mean, how much more would it have been had it not been Joe Burrow and would have been Patrick Mahomes? I don't know, another $10 million, maybe something. I don't know. I think it was the right matchup. It was the right time. Um, everything was, you know, was out West. I think people kind of, I know a bunch of people that finished media week and came here. Huh. So I think that was kind of, it, it kind of worked out well. Like I want to watch a game in a Vegas book, which is different than just a sports book, you know? <laughs> there's a vibe that's different here. So not surprised at all. I, I, I mean, again, the business growing is supposed to be good for everybody. I think this is one indication that it is. So a couple things that we saw from the New Jersey, New York side of things. So New Jersey reported 143.7 million in handle for the Super Bowl. They won 7.8 million okay so by comparison nevada won 15.4 new jersey won 7.8 and that would be right in line with what new york reported which is in the first 30 days of legal mobile sports betting in new york 1.76 million unique online sport betting player accounts were utilized in new york which would represent 12.6 percent of the state's 21 plus population. Mm-hmm. 
That is on Dave. That's 1.2 out of every 10 people over the age of 21. were using a mobile sports betting account in New York. So it took what a month for New York to hit Jersey hard, harder than you thought. Cause it might be a little bit harder than what I thought it was going to be. That's an insane number. Not at all. No, New York's, I mean, New York is the king. There's just, there's, there's more people there, which means again, we talk about this all the time. 10% of people bet 10% of whatever the number is. They already got that number on the Super Bowl. They did a great job with the promotions. They did a great job with getting people promotional money to fire away leading up to the Super Bowl and getting them comfortable with the app. It wasn't like this was debut weekend. They've been working on this all month. They got all the kinks out. Everyone that I talked to that's back there said it was as smooth as could be. And now you got guys that didn't have a legal sports book, now have multiple accounts and open up multiple accounts and shop on their phone for the best price to make a $10 bet. Like it's, 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 it's unbelievable to me, but it's not, I'm, I'm doing it is one thing, but ascending to it so quickly is what's most impressive to me. Guys I know that didn't bet on their phone ever now have uh, a Caesars account, a FanDuel account, a DraftKings account, and have a little bit of money in each and actually shopping for the best price. It's perfect for everybody. Do you think the 51% tax rate was a bit overblown, or is that still going to make it very difficult for anybody in New York to make money? I don't even think they care about making the money at this point. They're getting in. They got over a million unique users already. In 30 days. Seven, I mean, like, almost uh, 2 million, 1.76. Yeah. yeah. So they don't even care right now. They're getting the names. They're getting them in the system. They're getting the accounts. And I mean, they're giving away money. They're giving away money. So why not? Uh, it's, it's, it's the biggest state. It's the biggest concentration of people. Um, and now you're getting them in the system to bet and to, you know, then market to go into the casino. It's, it's, it's ready-made. I mean, there's 3 million people that live here, 3 million, right? 3.1 or something. People come here and then leave. They don't leave New York. They stay. So I, I mean, if I was New Jersey, I would definitely be concerned. Obviously Pennsylvania definitely be concerned Um, because now the people that were using the means to get to use betting, they don't have to anymore. It's all right there. What does that do from if, if you're a book that has kind of put your flag down in New Jersey and you're not operating in New York, does that force your hand that you have to try to get into New York? Cause only eight books went in initially. Do you have to be in both New York and New Jersey? I mean, I think it helps, but I don't think you have to. I just think you have to temper your expectations or your, um, you know, realistic expectations have to go. Listen, there's a lot of people going up there. There's a lot of people there that were coming here that aren't coming here no more. Now we got to kind of, you know, hit the curveball a little bit and and maybe do something a little bit different. Um, so I, and, and I, I got this dirt from a sports book person when we were in L.A. And I'm curious your take on it. I think you're completely right. 
they said that their pivot, this was from a, from a sports book that is operating in New Jersey. And they said their pivot in markets now will be about customer retention, not customer acquisition. And they will start to build promotions around people who are betting consistently and trying to give, like this person said, they're going to come out with promotions that basically like you bet five bets, your, your first four bets are there. And then they'll give you one for free, like bet four, get one free type of situation, trying to encourage the amount of action on the application, trying to encourage people to bet as much as they possibly can on those apps. Do you think things like that are going to work? Do we see New Jersey go more about customer retention and less about customer acquisition? Um, we said this in Curacao in 1997. <laughs> we were trying to build customers for life. Right. That's what the guy said. And we're like, how do we do that? One, we always pay immediately. Somebody requests a payout, immediately get them their money. Because just from, from back in the day when you used to meet guys on Tuesdays, the guys that wanted their money, they wanted it that day. The guys that owed, they, you, didn't, you didn't see them until like Wednesday, Thursday. They avoided you. This is what, this is what books have to do. But they should have been doing this already. Right. What were you doing? If you weren't trying to retain the customers you have, you weren't really in the business anyway. So, um, yes, that's that's good, but isn't that what customers do anyway? Like, I mean, think about the cable right. company. Loyalty, Getting shopping. Getting customers all the time. The cable company's doing it, and they're giving away, you know, six months free, a year free of this or that. I've been paying a cable bill for 15 years. You ain't giving me nothing. <laughs> I, I want to switch the cable. Because of that. So you have to take care of the customers you have before you go get new customers. I mean, this is not earth shattering. This is not, you know, groundbreaking. Right. This is something you should be doing anyway. So it's a good pivot, but do I think it'll work? No. Uh, I mean, people want their apps. We talked about it. I want to sign on. I want to make a bet and I want it to work. When I win, I want my money when I want it. When I lose, I want to be able to send the money right away and get my bet in. Ease of use will be the, the thing that keeps customers the most. Hmm. And we'll see who does that. The chat is claiming that your mic is a little low today, Dave. I don't know if you've changed anything or not. but Really? Or like the, saying that you're fine on every other show you've been on this morning, I guess. James has been following your escapades this morning as to where yep. you've been bouncing around, but he's claiming that your your, your microphone's a little bit low. It, it it's it's a great look. I kind of I kind of feel like the it's a little similar to the cell phone rush that we saw back in the day. Like I remember when remember Singular and AT and T bought Singular. And like everybody had singular and then all of a sudden AT&T came in and then like there was like this big rush and Verizon got involved all of a sudden and then Sprint got involved all of a sudden and you had all these big players and everybody was buying phones and everybody was acquiring phones. So it was like, how many phones can you give away? Like, you know, one year you get a guaranteed new phone every year, unlimited text. And then it was like unlimited hotspots. And like they tried all these different things to incentivize like, hey, we'll pay off your phone. You come to us, we'll pay off your phone type of situation. Mm -hmm. I just wonder, like, when do those battles begin? Like, when do we start to see the books get into those types of, you know, leave your current sports book to come to us and we'll give you blah, 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 or whatever. Like, we'll we'll give you something to leave and flip to us. Because if customer acquisition is going to be less important at the, for, you know, Philly, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, I mean, 
the tri-state area now is really the quad state area because it's Connecticut, Rhode Island, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania are all legal. So you've got this like little cluster there of all going to be fighting for customers. And if you live near the line, you, I mean, we're from there, yep. you can be in four states in an hour if you want yep. to, if you can drive around. So like you can get yourself geo-targeted in all these different states. I really wonder what what happens, how, how many people figure that out of like, I can get sign-up bonuses in four different states if I just drive around and go to New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, you know, or, or in, in, in Connecticut. I can get myself as many bonuses as possible and sign up retentions or whatever. So that war, I'll be very curious. Does that benefit the big boys if wars like that happen because they have the marketing dollars to really go after it? Oh, for sure. It's this is this is classic big business, man. This is the big guys are going to outlast the little guys. Big bag take little bank. I mean, it's just you, you have to. Um, you, I mean, there's so many little tricks, right? So there's a referral bonus. If I refer you into the book, they throw money in my account. Now, all of a sudden, we have a lot of friends and we're referring all the money and we're getting all the referral bonus, but it's really us doing it. Like, you know, we can sign up with, you know, Maddie and Teresa right, and right. Jessica and Kylie and Kelsey. Everybody's our friend and they keep throwing us a nickel every time we refer a customer. I mean, all of these tricks have been done. I saw all of this is all of this is done. And now. It's all above ground. It's about different states. They're going to do all this stuff. Yes, it's going to get, um, I don't know if it's going to get ugly, but I mean, it gets to the point where like as the little guy, you're like, how do we compete? You can't. You just can't. I mean, like, look, Cricket Wireless isn't really competing. You know what I mean? Like Cricket right. Wireless, it, it exists, but it's not competing with Verizon or AT&T. Like you just have these behemoths like Caesars, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel. You've got these four monsters. Everyone else is going to try to pick up the remaining 20%. And that's going to be, can you make a living? Can you stay in business making just 5% of that 20% or 10% of that 20% left over? And if you can't, then you're going to be acquired. And then you have a list of customers that will be valuable and you'll be acquired. And it's the consolidation race that's about to start here, I would say, in the next year where some of these companies who have started up and, you know, and said, OK, we're going to come in and we're going to be a sports book. And you're like, wait, you're a sports book. <laughs> and then it gets, you know, gobbled up. Pac-Man comes in, you know, eats and just eats you up. And then we'll start to see a lot of these you know, from our side of the world, the media situation where you have some people who are influencers or representatives of these smaller books, it's like, was the whole plan just to get acquired? Was that the whole plan? Because I think there are some books out there that their whole plan is, let's get up, let's get a list, let's be bought, and then we'll be out. That's that's the blueprint for, I right? would say, I would say if I was to put a percentage on it, it's over half. That's yeah. Exactly the blueprint. I don't know yet who's really in it for the 110. I've been asking that question since I moved to Vegas. Like when it started to expand, and I get asked this question all the time. People are coming at me with like, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, would you consider doing this? And I'm like, who's in it for the 110? Because that's what I'm in it for. Like I've been living this life for a long, long time and want to know what are you trying to do? That's the simple question I'd ask. And I think books are really seeing it. I mean, New York is gigantic in a month. It's been right. one month. 
What's it going to be after a full season? When is Florida or Texas or California, which I think might be the three farthest away states possible right now, as far as getting it legal in legislation, when they do it with their numbers and number of people there, I, I have no idea what to expect. It's going to be gigantic. But this is a this is a drop in the bucket for what New York could do with a full season of football betting. Huh. So I just got a DM as we're talking about this, and I'm asking if I can use this information. This is coming from somebody who works at DraftKings who about what they're focusing on. So I just asked the question of, can I use this? So if I can use this DM, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and read it on the show because um, it is pretty interesting about what DraftKings is looking to focus on and DraftKings, you know, the, the roundabout without using specifics on this t- DM is that that's what DraftKings now is doing. They are focusing heavily on customer retention. retention. They, have, they, they have pivoted away from that and they're now going heavily with customer retention, which is really interesting to me because DraftKings is still in, I mean, their home market isn't up yet. Boston and Massachusetts, they, they're not up yet. So like, <laughs> You're going to need to be focused. I mean, it's good to be on retention bonuses or, or ten, customer retention in like New Jersey or Pennsylvania, where you've been operating now for a couple of years. But what do you do when the new states come on board? <laughs> I don't know. Right? So, okay. So like I mean, he, he says, I can't use his name, but he, well, what he's telling me is that don't use his name, but what he is right. saying is that he's confirming that DraftKings is focusing their promotional arm on retention and VIPs. That they are looking at a relationship-based model where their top-tier players get an account manager to call, text, and email with customer promos, deposit bonuses, lost back that are not found on the app. They've got suites and tickets to give the VIPs for free, and they're looking at at, that's how they're going to keep their customers going is by essentially segmenting them out. Bookie's been doing this for years. <laughs> Take I mean, care like, of your best customers. Like, of course. What do you? I mean, this is this is how the business works. I used. To, I mean, I I'm laughing because it's like they're they're discovering the atom. Uh, all they need to do is ask. I mean, this this is how it's done. I know. Listen, I know a guy who has an account with DraftKings. He started, and he he's he's not really a shot taker. He's just he he bets parlays, okay. dime parlays. Four teamers, five teamers, you know. So when he wins, he wins twenty thousand. You know, he wins forty thousand when he does a, a money line in there, mix it. So he hit him for a couple parlays, dime to win forty, dime to win twenty. He takes the money when he wins. He doesn't just leave it in there. He takes, you know, if he wins twenty thousand, he takes fifteen immediately and leaves Smart. another five and takes five more shots. Now he don't win, but he, you know, he gets cash. Then he doesn't bet for a week or two weeks. They give him money. Where have you been? We miss you. Here you go. <laughs> he hasn't had to redeposit the money. Wow. Give, so I mean, this is this is this is how it works. So, like, and again, I don't want to give away the store because I know what people are doing and people tell me stuff. So I want to keep that you know, still available, but that's what they're doing. They now are announcing they're going to retain customers. You should have been doing this day one. That's fine. You are now, that's good. And Hey, we'll, uh, we'll keep doing it, but this is how you get customers. You take them 
to the Super Bowl. You wine and dine them, and you let them have dinner and all this stuff, and make sure they bet with your book. But th- okay, that's the Vegas model, right? I mean, we, we've been doing that here forever. High rollers get things that nobody else will get. They come in, you want to get them there playing as much as possible. You comp them everything on. So is your only recourse if you're a fan duel DraftKings and you don't have a casino property to do that on is to do like, I'm sending you to the final four. I'm sending you to the Super Bowl. I'm sending you to, you know, some swanky restaurant in your home city. I mean, how do they... How do they do it if they don't have the brick and mortar like like MGM's got or Caesar's got? I ain't telling them how to do it unless they pay them. <laughs> I know how to do it. I ain't telling them. I'll do the show with you, but I ain't telling them. Yes, you can do all of those things, but I ain't telling them. People are watching the show, but they're not watching the show. Well, I mean, obviously, is a VP of DraftKings is watching the show. He just sent me that DM. So he there you should go. be watching the show. He should DM you right away. He probably got my number too. Let us know. And, and, you know, we'll do the show for you. We could, we could help get customers. It's not that hard, but yes, you should be doing all of that stuff. That money's out there, man. That money is out there. I mean, I said it years ago at one point, I wanted to go, just let me go to Del Mar for the summer. I need to go to Del Mar. And they're like, what are you talking about? You got to work. You got to do the baseball lines. What do you mean? Let me go to the Del Mar meet. I'll somehow get you 10 customers. You ain't got to worry about nothing. They'll fly into <laughs> Vegas. They'll bet with us. We'll get whatever's done. Well, how are you going to do that? I said, I ain't telling you. Send me to Delmar. If I don't do it, you can fire me. How about that? You get it done in one. There's a couple different ways to do it. That Go find the customers. That's it. Interesting. All right, let's pause this because we're going to bring on our first guest for here on a Tuesday. He is Thomas Casali. He is the lead college basketball writer for NBC Sports Bet. We got a big, big menu of games to get into, including a game, Dave, that, man, I, I want to bet the other side, but I, I have two units riding on on one on one of these teams playing to win their conference. And I just if they lose this game tonight, I'm dead. So I can't go against them. Thomas, Matt and Dave, how are you, man? Thanks for coming on. Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Glad you guys got your own show. You're two of my favorites in the in the betting space. Love it. I appreciate that. All right, let's start with Villanova here on the road. Everything in my power says bet Providence. They're undefeated at home. They're on a, a hot streak. Nova is light on the depth, but deep on experience. They're laying four points tonight on this game, Thomas. I had to take Nova because I've got two units on them winning the Big East. They're two games back of Providence. If they lose this game tonight, I'm dead. Where are you on Providence Nova tonight? I would lean taking the points because I make the line minus two. I, I didn't bet the game. The It's going to be a close game. You know, the the metrics don't love Providence. You guys know that. They're, uh, they're a team that uh, people keep betting against because they don't line up well on paper, but they keep winning, right? So I think the over a possession at home makes sense to take Providence because I think it's going to be a tight game. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk uh, We'll talk about an injured player coming up here in Ty Ty Washington, but I don't think Colin Gillespie is 100%. He, he hurt his ankle pretty badly, and I was shocked that he came back in the next game. Last game, he didn't look great, so I just wonder how healthy he is right now. And uh, so I take the points with Providence. Wouldn't be surprised if Villanova won, but this is going to be a tight game throughout. Dave, how do you feel about two possessions in the NBA? That's your number. What about two possessions on the road in college hoops? 
it's, it's on the road in college hoops is still the hardest thing in sports. I still, I hate laying the points on the road. Anything more than two is like, I, uh, I, I'm looking for a reason to take the dog, looking for eight reasons to take the favorite. Like I need, I need more than one. Give me one thing. Just, you know, Thomas said it. I'm thinking it. That's good for me. You got to give me, make a deep case to lay more than, more than three on the road in college basketball. Not for me. So Ken Palm Thomas has it as a three point game. You have it as a two point game. The line is currently four here for, for, for Nova. How much do you use Ken Palm? I mean, this is something Dave and I've talked a lot about, like the, the books used to use it religiously. And that's where the opening line would basically set up from Ken Palm. That's changed a little bit over the last couple of years. And now the committee making the tournament selection committee does not use Ken Palm at all for their metrics. But how do you look at KenPalm.com for your info? Do you use it at all? Yeah, I use it a lot because there's uh, there's certain met- metrics I like to look at. There's three of them. I like to look at turnover percentage, I like to look at rebounding, and I like to look at foul shooting. In my opinion, those three things in close games decide it. And this is a perfect example tonight. Providence lives on the foul line. The I bet them against Texas Tech earlier this year, and I still don't know how we won the game because I think they made four shots all night. And they just were on the foul line all night long. But here's the thing. Villanova doesn't follow a lot. So that's to me is the, is the key to the game. Can Providence is 12th in free throw scoring percentage. Uh, so the, I think if they don't follow a lot, Villanova Providence could have a, a tough time to score. So I do look at metrics and what I like to do with Ken Palm really is I like to look at games a week out and just kind of see where I'm leaning and what spots I have. So them having a line that's going to be relatively close, I think is helpful, but this is just like anything else. If you only look at one thing and bet purely that way, you're not going to have success long-term. And two great examples of this year are Providence and Wisconsin. Go look at Wisconsin compared to any team in the metrics. They should have three wins, but they don't, right? So you can't just go by that. What do you make of the experience factor knowing that Nova's backs are against the wall? It's not really a metric, but Nova being two games back for Providence in the Big East regular season race and getting that one seed for New York for the MSG Big East tournament. What do you make of the Jay Wright factor in this game? I I love Ed Cooley. I'm not trying to discredit him as a coach, but this is a huge game for Nova. They have to have this. Sure. And that doesn't mean they'll win the game, but what, what it is, is like, we, sometimes we forget these, these are 18 year old kids, right? So if you're playing at Georgetown, you might not be up for that game. I mean, everyone knows how bad Georgetown is, including the players, right? So <laughs> I think what you're guaranteed here, it's Villanova will be prepared and ready to play. You know, Jay Wright's going to have them focused. This isn't a game they're going to overlook. So you're probably going to get Villanova's best effort. And it's going to come, it's probably be a low scoring game, right? The Both defenses are probably going to, that's why I mentioned the Providence foul shooting. Can they get to the line in a close game like they normally do? If not, then I think Villanova wins. Interesting. So Kentucky on the road tonight up against Tennessee. I don't, I haven't seen the number recently. I bet it last night at plus one for Kentucky and look, it's riding with the public. I I, I assume everyone's going to be on Kentucky. They're going to look at the little number next to their name and say, Oh, Kentucky is going to win. But the rebounding discrepancy between these two teams is stark. Tennessee does not rebound both offensively or defensively very well. And this may be the best rebounding team in the nation, Thomas, when it comes to Kentucky and their bigs down low. What do you make of Kentucky, Tennessee and the SEC tonight? 
And so Tennessee is an interesting team because I've kind of had to reevaluate. I wasn't that high on them, and uh, they've been playing well lately. I would have normally been on Kentucky, but to me, Ty Ty Washington is one of the best players in college basketball, and he's not playing tonight. He he twisted his ankle pretty good, so he's out tonight. I just think that that gives Kentucky such an added dimension. You know, they don't shoot a lot of foul shots. They don't score a lot from the three-point line. They, as you mentioned, they dominate in the paint with uh, Shibwe, the big O. I mean, he, he nobody's going to out-rebound that guy. But Ty Ty Washington gives them that that extra, you know, a little bit something extra at the guard position, a scorer that I really like. This is going to come down to can Tennessee score enough? You know, hmm. I've bet them a couple of times this year, and they go seven, eight minutes without scoring. And that's that's the reason why I don't like Tennessee in the tournament, because I don't think you can have those long gaps in a one-and-out situation. So I lean Kentucky. I would have made it a bet with Ty Ty Washington. I think they're by far the better team. I still think Tennessee is a little overvalued. If, if Kentucky can withstand that first 10 minutes of emotion, you know, Tennessee is going to be all revved up and the crowd's going to be going crazy. I think they're going to be in good shape to win it in the second half. Yeah, I'm going against both my trends. I'm taking, I should be betting home teams in conference play in February and I'm betting against both of them, both Tennessee and and uh, Providence. I'm betting against here tonight, so it may come back Are and burn me. Are you doing that with the Penn State game too? Is that- I'm not touching your Penn State game. We'll get to that in a second. Hold on, we'll, we'll, right. we'll do Penn State in, in one second. Which game is better in your mind, Dave? You, you want to watch Kentucky at Tennessee or you want to watch Nova at Providence? I want to watch both. What do you mean? I, I, I don't. I, why do I have to pick one or the other? I can watch both now with all these TVs and all these options. We're going to watch both. Um, as far as like an indicator for March and what we have in store, Thomas, of those two, do you think will tell you more? It, it, you know, Villanova, Providence, or Kentucky, Tennessee? Because Kentucky's getting a lot of steam in these future markets right now. Like Kentucky's the team that nobody wants to play that is looking like they can make a run. Is that the game or is it the other game? For me, it would be the Kentucky game. I mean, I have Kentucky at 20 to one. And again, the reason I decide the reason I decided to go in on them was because of the guards. I think their guards are a lot better this year than they have been in recent years. And when you got a guy who cleans up the board like Kentucky has, if you can get some good guard play in the tournament, you're going to be tough to beat. And the other thing about Calipari's teams, all these classic big time coaches, they, they have an ingredient when, when they have a good team that can make a run, right? Like we know Jim Beheim, he's got that length in the two, three zone, but for Calipari, sometimes his teams play defense. Sometimes they don't. This is a Kentucky team that plays defense with intensity. They're up in your face. So the reason I like this game is not just for Kentucky. I want to see what Tennessee can do. Does Tennessee get this big win at home? You know, they've kind of faltered a little bit when they've gone against the best teams. So I, I think that's the more interesting game. As as much as, you know, I like this Providence team and, and everything, I don't know if they're going to make a huge run in the tournament. Uh, we'll have to see where the seedings come out. You know, Villanova is always going to be tough because they have Jay Wright and he'll out coach people in a couple games. So you're in good shape there. But for me, Kentucky, Tennessee is the more intriguing of the two games. Thomas, do you, you love betting futures and I love watching you and I have talked a ton about betting on futures, but is there a time where you'll like, do you wait right now because we're so close to March that you figure well, why not wait until the bracket comes out? Or do you still see there's some value potentially to get involved in the futures market given the data you've got right now? 
Yeah, there could be value at any point. It's funny, Matt, because I think your show, I went on one of your podcasts, was the first time I mentioned that I had Auburn at 70 to 1. Uh, (laughs) So that one obviously looks good right now. But I have Auburn at 70. I have Kentucky at 20. I have Kansas at 18, but I don't really like them as much anymore. So you're always looking for value. I actually just looked at the board. The only team right now I see with much value is Texas Tech because they're still sitting in that 30, 35 to 1 range. That's a team I think can make a run again like Tennessee does their offense. But there's not a ton of value right now. So if if I was going to bet now, I'd probably wait closer to the tournament. The, you, you've either you've either got a team. The other thing is this though: start watching for teams that haven't don't have, may not have a great record or haven't played up to their ability and look like they might be starting to peak. I'll be honest. I lost on Saturday with Michigan. I thought they might be one of those teams. I took them against Ohio State, thinking they, they might be turning this around. They went out and lost. But teams like that, you know, an interesting team to watch. I'm not that high on them. I haven't been all year, but Texas, Texas is loaded with talent. They have a great coach. They had a bunch of new pieces over this last month. Do they start really getting on a roll? So teams like that are who I would be looking at right now. Totally agree. And and that's where I was. I mean, I I think you and I talked about Texas before the year began about all these pieces and would all these transfers come together and Chris Beard's ability to get them all on the same page. But if they did hit, they could be a real difficult out in the tournament, just given the number of teams, a number of talented players they've got to come off the bench and they're starting five. And yeah, I I'll be very curious to watch the for Texas. If they have a favorable draw, they definitely could be a team that I look to bet to win six games coming up here in March. Uh, all right, Thomas, Dave kind of preference it. We got Michigan state, Penn state tonight. We got Dave's Penn state team taking on a, a minus two and a half road favorite for, for Sparty. How do you feel about this big 10 clash tonight? Well, everything on earth says to bet Penn State, right? The the Michigan State, not as good on the road. They're only laying a couple numbers, uh, a couple points here. On paper, it looks pretty even to me. Uh, This this looks like a, if this isn't like 58, 55, 61, 58, I'll I'll be surprised. The the only thing I don't like about Penn State here, I was looking to take them in the spot. They shoot a lot of threes. They're ranked 76th in uh, three-point attempts per game. Michigan State does guard the perimeter well. So this this could be a game where I try to hit live. I want to see how Penn State looks early shooting-wise because when they're not hitting their threes, they get into trouble and, and the Spartans can rebound. So if you're not making shots against them, they can clean you up on the boards. But I do lean Penn State at home. The I like this team at home. You know, obviously, Dave, you know, they've 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 won a couple of they upset a couple of teams. Some of their losses have been really close. Yep. So I wish the line was a little bit more like four where you're getting a little bit of just a little bit more value. But I do lean the Nittany Lions at home. I wish it was more, too, but you can't get more because, you know, that's probably the right side. Yeah. How about right. the total? The game goes under. I think that I, I see the number and it feels low and it looks low. You know, anything under 130, I think, for this game is is the side. I, like you said, probably a lot of one and dones as far as shots for Penn State if they don't make them. So any any lean on the total in that game? Yeah, I like the under. You know, it's always hard to bet unders in college basketball because you have the fouling at the end of the game if someone's up by five or eight. I mean, that team's never stopped fouling. It's just it's amazing, <laughs> right? Like, go home. It's over. It's 10 seconds left. Right. But, uh, no, this – like I said, this game looks to be played in the 50s. Uh, it, I would be surprised if someone gets to 70s uh, without foul shots at the end. This just looks like a low-scoring defensive battle to me. 
Thomas, before I let you go, what's your read on Gonzaga? They've sort of been off the radar screen. Their offense is still absolutely dynamic and destructive, but they haven't had those big marquee games because their conference is not that good. Once we get to the tournament, do you still like the Zags as one of the teams to beat, or does this kind of catch up with them? They've lost to Alabama this year. They've had some losses in surprising spots. So they're definitely one of the best teams in the country, right? But that's, you mentioned waiting to the NCAA tournament. I got to see what their draw is because I was, Alabama is up and down. You know, we all know that. But in terms of pure athletic ability and, and just athletes on the court, there's probably not four or five teams that have more athletes than Alabama. And boy, did they hurt Gonzaga off the dribble. I know you're looking at teams like Auburn, teams that are that can do the same thing to the Zags and also match their front line. Uh, Arizona, another one with big guys down low who has good guard play that I think is going to give the Zags trouble. I think personally, the two teams we saw last year, I think Baylor's in some trouble. They've had injuries. I don't think they're nearly as good as they were last year. I think the Zags, they're a solid elite eight team. I wouldn't be surprised if that's as far as they go this year. Crazy, right? How many people were preseason saying this Zag team, maybe the best Zag team of all time. This is the team that's finally going to get it from Mark Few. They're finally going to win the championship. And I'm with you. I, I, I have big questions about that team going into the tournament. Yeah, Matt, to be honest, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I think Jalen Suggs was way more important to the Zags. Um than uh, the freshmen, the, yeah. the you know the, the the big guy, the skinny big guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the his name. Well, I'm getting I'm getting old. I I, I can't remember. But you're names right anymore. though. I mean, you're completely right about the fact that they have shifted from being. I mean, look, we all know that point guard play and guard play in college basketball, in particular in the tournament, is a gigantic gigantic part of any great team, and their guards are good. They're just not as good as they were last year. Their bigs are better but their guards aren't as good. So I, I think that could definitely come back. Look at Auburn. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Auburn's got the size down low to handle the bigs for Gonzaga. And then I love Auburn's length and their guards and who they come off the bench with. I mean, Auburn against Gonzaga, I would be on Auburn to win that game in the tournament. And we could very well see it. And that's the thing. I think there's more teams this year that match up well with the Zags in the tournament where last year there, there was only a couple that was going to be able to beat them. And they met the, one of them in the finals. Thomas, give the folks where they can find you. How, how can they get your stuff? Yeah, you can find my college basketball articles uh, at NBC Sports Bet. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Tom Casali. Very cool, man. Thank you for the time. We'll Thanks, do it again Bobby. soon, right? Thanks, guys. Take care. That is Thomas Casali, lead college basketball writer for NBC Sports Bet here on the show. I, Dave, I, I'm hating myself because I know I should be on Providence tonight. I should be on Providence tonight. I, I handicapped the entire game. I have two units on Nova. And you could say, well, Matt, why not bet the other side? Because you can hedge back on it. And like, But if I liked them to win the regular season championship, I have to like them to win tonight. Like I have to back them one more time to go, okay, you can go on the road into a hostile environment where a why? team is 14-0. You can change? No, nah, I can't. I, I just, I, I, I can't. I got to ride. I got I, I was so high on Nova. I never bet two units on anything, anything. I never do this. I'm always flat wagering. I'm always a one unit flat wager. I believe in it. I preach it. I do it all the time. I'm solid on it. 
and I broke it because I love this damn team, this Nova team. I love, and it was only minus 105. I'm like, I'm stealing money here. Minus 105 preseason for Nova to win the Big East. This is good. And then all of a sudden, out of flipping nowhere, here comes Ed Cooley's team, and they're 14 and freaking out at home. Yeah. I mean, why not just splash a little money line on, on Providence tonight? Oh. <sighs> I laid the four and a half. You want me to do, do lay four and a half and come back on Providence money line? No, no, no. That, I, I, that's, I'll I bet mean, them. Wait, you you might be able to to, to play it in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I have to in, but yeah, so I'll no, definitely be in. Be, I, I know what you're watching this. tonight. Yeah, I, I'm be watching this game. For I'm sure. glued to this game tonight. I am a hundred percent glued watching Nova. Going okay, the lights are really bright. Somebody made the case on Twitter today. This is the biggest, and he he worked for the Big East, but this is the biggest regular season game at home in Providence basketball history. Is it really? They've never won the Big East regular season championship. Old Big East or new Big East. They've never won it. Wait, was it Patino the coach there? Yeah, he, was, he wasn't He was good. He was okay there. He wasn't great. He never won the regular season. They've won the conference tournament. They've won that. They've, but they've never, never won. won the Big East. They've never won the regular season Big East tournament. Wow. And all and the numbers back in the day, they saying this is a bigger game than all of that. Yeah. And the numbers are absolutely stupid. So Providence is seven and zero straight up and seven and zero ATS as an underdog this year, six and zero on the road, one and zero at home at the moment. They are being a four and a half or four point dog. Nova is two and six against the spread over the last eight games, all as a favorite. I got to go with Nova. I'm going against all these trends, all these numbers, all the, you know, quadrilaterals and people yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. I'm going against all of them and I'm going Nova. Man, it seems high, don't it? The number? It is high, but I'm going to need free throws. My, my, literally, I said it on the, on the podcast last night. I, I was like, I'm going to need, I'm going to be sweating this out. It's going to be a three point game. Providence is going to have the ball. I'm going to need, I'm going to need Providence to miss a three, Nova rebounds, foul, two free throws. I cover by one. That's game, how I get there. Five point falls wins. five or six or, or probably falls. If Villanova wins, it falls three, four, five, or six. That's one of those two numbers. Yep. One of those that's my, numbers. that's my hope is I'm getting free throws. I'm going to be sitting there going, please have it be a good free throw shooter. Please have it be a good free throw shooter. <laughs> I just like step to the line to get me, to get me to cover. That's how I think. Cause I, I do believe this is going to be, I mean, this is big time now. These kids for Providence haven't been under this type of pressure before. I mean, they're at home. They're the hunted all of a sudden. They're not the hunter. They're used to Ed Cooley's great when no one's questioning, everyone's doubting them, and they come out of nowhere. Now they're the ones expected. Even though they're dogs at home, they're expected to protect the home floor. And if they win this, they essentially win the regular season championship. This is essentially de facto. Yeah, but it's at Nova, and they'll have a three-game lead on Nova. After tonight, with five to play, and a game at Nova, which okay, if they lose it, they still split. Nova's got to win out against UConn and Marquette and some difficult to Paul difficult teams, and Providence needs to lose two times to the, for that to happen. So that's why Providence has to win tonight. If they don't win tonight, it's pretty much done. They will not win the regular season. Right, wow. and I lose two units. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just riding with the one that got me here. You can you can bet that right now. I think right, like they to, have odds to win the conferences right now. Not in uh, Vegas. I haven't looked recently, but yes, I'm assuming that Nova is probably a pretty big dog at the moment. 
plus 200, plus 250? Conference winners, Big East. It's off right now. Okay. It's off. Okay. Makes sense. Providence, it's, it's a huge game tonight. I mean, really, this game will dictate what happens. If Providence wins, they're, they're going to win. If Nova wins, they're live to win the conference still, like very live, because then they have Providence at home. Right. Head to head, right, and they could wind well, up tying. Four and a half on the road. They're eight at home. Yeah, most likely. Right, it might be even be nine and a half. I mean, I can't believe that this number is this high based on everything you're giving me. <laughs> I haven't seen Providence play, but I want to take them plus the points immediately. Just well, you, on- I mean, that's what Thomas was talking about. He's right. Everyone's been fading Providence like crazy. They don't believe this. It's a 14-0 home record. They don't buy it. They don't think this team is nearly as good as they have played, and they're due to fall apart. Like, everyone's betting against the streak, if you will, tonight. Yeah, I'm good with the book. Like, if I'm in the book, I'm good needing it. I'm good, you know. I would. I agree. I would agree with you. If you need I, Providence tonight, yeah. yeah, I think we'll you'd be comfortable needing Providence tonight. I think it's probably a two- or three-point win. As I said, Ken Palm's got it as a three-point win. I just need free throws at the end. Are they going to storm the court tonight if they win? The dunk normally does. I mean, the dunk can get pretty rowdy. So, yeah, I would say because they basically will have won the conference regular season championship. So the kids are going to be lubricated tonight. Like the kids are good. The kids are going to be like Tuesday. Yeah, they're going to be lubricated. The dunk's going to be jumping tonight. This is going to be a really, I mean, Dunkin' Donut Center in Providence is going to be. It's going the to be a dunk? lot of fun. Is that what the kids call it? The yeah, dunk? it's called the dunk. The, the, the Dunkin' Donut Center in Providence is, is, is where Providence plays. So I they call it the it. dunk. It's where they play basketball and hockey in and, and hockey in there. So awesome, awesome venue. Really, really sick, sick and fun, fun venue to to go to games, watch games and, 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 and kind of be a part of it. All right, we got Ryan Butler coming up here at the top of the hour at 11 o'clock talking about the handle a bit more for Nevada. But let's talk some NBA here before we get to Ryan. Yep. So what do you make of James Harden being out until the all-star break here for the hat you were wearing at the moment and for the Sixers? Are, are you cool with him basically sitting down for a while? No, that's bullshit. That's, <laughs> I, I mean, in no, in no uncertain terms, we traded for the guy. I mean, what you can't play. It, it's a game against the Celtics. You don't want to play like you really, are you hurt or you just, you, you just kind of, you know, Marking your territory. We traded for you to play in games like this. I mean, he must be really hurt. I I feel bad if that's the case. But, you know, James, it's the home debut before the All-Star break. It's against the Celtics. Celtics are favored. Ridiculous. Celtics are laying three. What is that? It's wrong. My boys are playing well. My boys are playing right now. Oh, they're playing. No, listen, they're one of the teams right now as a play on. In the NBA, because the numbers you were getting them at good prices because they were so bad for that little bit of stretch, right? And you know, couldn't figure out who the alpha was and distributing a ball, taking bad shots. They fixed it all right now. Favored on the road in Philadelphia? Come on, Number Robert one. Williams, man. Robert Williams tonight against Embiid is going to be a lot of fun. This is a big game for him as long as Embiid plays, but it's a big game for, right. for, for the time Lord who has taken some big step forwards in his NBA career. And the former first round pick who people kind of wrote off three years ago as not being a good player. Now is a chance to really show that Boston could actually hang with Philly 
in the postseason if they match up. So I, I'm stunned at the number. I, I actually can't believe Philly's the number. Philly's been so bad at home. Like they have not been like last year, the year before, they were great at home. And they haven't been. I, I don't even know if they're 500 ATS against the spread at home this season. I think they're under. Yeah. Yeah. Below 500 at home yeah. and near the top of the Eastern Conference standings. It makes no sense. <laughs> the line makes no sense today, though. I think the Sixers win the game, but we got to make sure the big guy's playing. Yeah. Obviously, if the big guy ain't playing, Celtics run him out of the building, probably. I mean, if he sits down, like, I, I still think that, you know, the Seth Curry thing, we talked about it a lot on Radio Row in LA, but that Seth Curry thing is, woo. Did you see what he did for Brooklyn yesterday? You want to Went talk off. about a wrong line. Sacramento was favored at Brooklyn yesterday. <laughs> Sacramento, they're five, Thousand to one or something to win the NBA championship. The Nets are the third choice in the league to win a championship. Okay. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings beat them in Brooklyn or in Sacramento. Brooklyn was leading for three and a half quarters and had a meltdown and lost and didn't cover in the game. They were seven out in Sacramento. And that Kyrie was playing. And I think Harden played that game too. That was maybe in the end of the road trip where he said, I'm done with this BS. You come home, and I don't care who's in the Brooklyn uniforms, but I know that Seth and, and Drummond were playing. Yep. Because they got traded just like Harden. They want to play. Okay, that's fine. James, sit down again. Two and a half on the road. Seth had almost 30 points yesterday. Lit Sacramento up. Capable of doing that all the time on the Sixers. Deferred. Um, Hopefully – you know, Maxie and Tobias and the boys, they, they all pick it up in Philly. I mean, although they've been doing it. I, I are, are are you now officially a Sixers fan? Is 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 that what we're gonna classify you as? I like the Sixers. I told you this. You like them. No, no, no. I'm not saying I I like plenty of teams. Are you a Sixers fan? Well, I had a 20 to one shot on them last year to win the NBA championship. Okay. And I was rooting for them. Now I played a song every basically every day for Kendall and me, we, we dance to the songs. So, yeah, we're fans. It's her favorite hat. Um, I like to watch the games. I How are you Pittsburgh songs. boys going to take that? You picked your the boys Sixers, in Pittsburgh are cool Sixers, with that. Yeah. We don't have a basketball team. The Pittsburgh Pisces so? from the fish that saved Pittsburgh was our only <laughs> basketball team back in the day. The movie Pittsburgh was Pisces. Tremendous, by the, way. the Pittsburgh Pisces, but Dr. J was the star of that movie. Moses Guthrie. Okay. Dr. J with Philadelphia 76ers was the only team in my state. And I had to root against Boston back when I was a little kid until they got bird and all that guy. I had to root against it was tough Boston. on you. It was tough on you. <laughs> it was <laughs> tough. I finally <laughs> I had to join him. I got the, I got the, I, Larry bird was cool. So, but Larry bird was cool. Wow. First time I've heard that. I loved Larry bird. Of course, but I, I loved him because, well, he's played for my team, but. Yeah, Larry Bird was cool. Oh, I was I was East Coast versus West Coast. Now I live so was on the I. West Coast. Yes. But it was all about the Sixers back then. I had a Sixers warm-up, top and bottom snaps after I used to go to I went to school in it in like sixth grade. Wow. Teresa, by the way, was big fan, big fan of of your full get-ups at LA in, in LA. She was all all your jumpsuits, she was all in. She's like, he looks great. <laughs> Try my best. Thanks, Teresa. 
We'll put her on the payroll soon. She can help me get some stuff. She was a big fan of that. Yeah, that was like, she's like, why don't you get that sponsored? I'm like, yeah, at some point down the line, yeah, they're going to get a whole clothing line. Get DM, he's at Sports Talk, Matt. <laughs> DM me at Sports BK can see the show is at Boston versus the book. Anyone wants to, we're open to talking. Well, 47 brand is, I, I, I need to have, to, I have a chit chat with my boys at 47 brand because there's no reason why the Boston based hat company, like forget the Buffalo based new era clowns, like. They're in Buffalo. Leave the Buffalo is, people. Is 47 a Boston brand? Yeah. That's a Boston brand. Stuff. I love that stuff. 47 brands, Boston. New Era is Buffalo. So there's your rivalry between the two cities. Oh, jeez. I didn't so know that. So that New Era was the sponsor of the of the stadium for a while. It was New Era Stadium uh, in Buffalo. It all comes full circle. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So that's, there we go. Uh, Brian's saying, Dave, don't fall for the Sixers trap, bro. Sixers are and always have been a soft team with Embiid. <laughs> he's right I, it's annoying it's 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 they rip your heart out like they get so close but then you see it if that ball wouldn't fallen out of the rim against Kyrie in Toronto and they would have got that game seven who knows what would have happened but he's absolutely right it's beyond frustrating they're this close they're this close and then they just for whatever reason don't Hopefully Harden will give them that little bit of push that they can actually do it this season. Do you buy, and we'll get to Ryan Butler here in just one second from wagers.com about the handle in in Nevada, but do you buy that James Harden was angry at the play calling for Kevin Durant and that's why he was shipped out because Durant wanted team basketball and Harden wanted ISO basketball? I, I swear, um... Because if you do, you got to be real concerned about him going to Philadelphia. I am. Because that's I, not what Philly, you don't want ISO ball. You want Embiid involved in all possessions. Exactly. That's, I, I, I was saying this, I was asking people this for the week before. Do you really want Harden? Oh, yeah. You know, him and, well, will he, will he play together. I mean, he's got to play together. They, and, and option number one, he's not option number one. The option number one, it runs through Embiid. Everything runs through Embiid. I used to say this all the time. I still do it when I go, if I go play hockey, I always say, run the power play through this guy. Like it has to be a guy. And then everyone else contributes. Right. And some nights when that guy's having a bad night, everybody else steps up. That's the way Harden has to approach this thing. I think he will. I mean, he's an assist guy. He he has a lot of assists when he wants to, but I think when he's hot. I think Embiid will throw him the ball. So really? I think, yes, I think oh. those two will work. Yes. Because Embiid, Embiid scored 30 plus guy. points how many times in a row? And you're going to say he's going to be a facilitator now? He has to. He has to because he, there's no one else that will do it. But I think, you know, with Maxi being able to drive yeah. and kick or drive and take it to the hoop, they got the spot shooter in Tobias, you know, whether it's from 10 feet or, or 15. And now they got Harden to kind of do everything else. The pieces are there. If they play the defense, man, I think I, I think they got a really good shot. All right, let's bring on Ryan Butler. Ryan Butler from Wagers.com, host of the Wagers Wonks podcast. You guys can hear that every single Monday, wherever you get your audio podcasts. A guy who does a ton of great work covering the sports betting world. Ryan, Matt, and Dave, how are you, man? Welcome to the show for the first time. Hey guys, glad to be on. Glad to see a good start there. Man, we can just talk basketball. I'm, what are we talking sports betting and all that? This is this is great. 
<laughs> All right. So let's talk about the impact that New York has made on New Jersey. We opened this show with this a little bit because Nevada made twice as much money as New Jersey did on the Super Bowl. And we we in Nevada were a little sensitive to the talk about like New Jersey's king and they're dominating. And we all said, well, let's see what happens when New York goes goes live. One point seven six million active accounts now in the first 30 days in New York has taken a monster hit for New Jersey. Is that just the Super Bowl or is that kind of if you're in New Jersey, are you going, uh-oh, with those numbers? Well, what's been pretty incredible, guys, and just came out um, pretty earlier today, uh, New Jersey's Super Bowl numbers were actually up significantly from the year before, even with New York going live. So even with all these accounts and all these New Yorkers and all that stuff, if you just take into account the Super Bowl, it looks like New York is or New Jersey is not even really in that much trouble. Um, so pretty incredible there. Uh, so they're actually their handle was 140. I'm trying to get these numbers right. 143.7 million uh, for this year's Super Bowl compared to excuse me, 117 uh, the year before. Yeah. So um, then sorry about that. Yeah. Did you so guys hear me? I like. The yeah, we, earpod off now. Sorry about that. No worries. We 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 got you. So like they made nearly eight million. Vegas made nearly sixteen million. So yep. So what do you Vegas, what do you take from that? Vegas had a better. Oh, sorry. Vegas had a better overall um, hold for the sports books, and for one game, that's oftentimes more indicative of where they are. Just a lot of Rams fans and uh, who happen to be there, which is part of it. Was that you know you have different markets, and you see this pretty frequently, where at least for the Super Bowl. Operator hold win percentage will be very different depending on what market you were. Uh, when Rhode Island is one of the first states of legal sports betting, the year the uh, Patriots lost, they got crushed. Uh, that was against the Eagles. That was one of the first years. You know, an example like that. So we see stuff like that all the time. So you know, again, New Jersey and uh, Nevada have been fighting for the handle total uh, overall. They're now both fighting against New York, which is number one overall um, by far. But the, the big takeaway is that even in uh, New Jersey, where New York is now live, uh, in Nevada, where Arizona is now online sports betting, these handle figures continue to rise, uh, which is honestly more indicative of the strength of those markets and strength of just U.S. legal sports betting overall. There's so much offshore for years and all that. You know, There's always been gambling around. And now people are turning to the legal markets and it's just continuing to grow and grow. Hmm. Dave, does that surprise you at all? Are we still in LA town? Oh, for sure. There's, I mean, it's it's a huge factor. And as the teams get in the games, just on the run, like as long as the Lakers are in, the handle's up in the NBA playoffs. As long as USC is good, the handle's up in, in the college football playoff. And it's a short drive. It's it's it, It's still a drivable distance. So – People come and they can't do it there yet. That's going to be the one that's going to change everything. Yeah. Arizona's nice. There's a lot of people there. We got props, Arizona. We got, I mean, it's one thing. When California okays this, um, we better have a backup plan. Let's put it that way. In Nevada? Yes. Yes. Does that finalize? Would you think that would push mobile signups if that were to happen? Would that be the straw? Um. Maybe. I don't know. I don't. Who's not gambling? That's the, I keep asking that question. Like, what is mobile signups going to do that like it's not doing now? It's not going to change the handle here that much. People go and sign up for the mobile. They have to go in person. They're inconvenienced once. They're still gambling. 
because they can sign up mobile. We're going to double the handle. No, they all live in two places here in Reno. There's no one living in Carson city that doesn't have a mobile account. So guys, I, I really like that. I'm oh, sorry to cut you off, Dave. I really do like that point and it's not talked enough about. The one biggest difference though, is if there is mobile, I think you're gonna see more of the big operators wanna come in. DraftKings and FanDuel have both talked about it. And the reason why they're not alive, part of it is the registration, part of it is DFS and all that. But you're looking at maybe some of the other sports books that haven't wanted to jump into uh, Nevada, you jump that in. And then I think you could actually see some bigger changes. So. But yeah, California is going to be huge. I was actually in um, Las Vegas for the Dodgers World Series, and it was just a oh. sea of blue, just everywhere for it. It makes a huge difference with it. So it's going to be something interesting. There's more and more talk about getting rid of this in-person registration. Illinois, which is the last state besides Nevada that has it, gets rid of theirs right before March Madness. Illinois' handle is going to go through the roof. That MGM is going to jump in to Illinois the day after that is revealed pretty much. So we're, you know, we're going to see stuff like that. It'll be really interesting if when California goes live, possibly they have a retail ballot measure coming up this fall, they could have an online one. It'll be interesting to see if that's uh, makes a big change. Right. Do you think that's Nevada's way of keeping them out? And that, I mean, that's another way of looking at it as well. Maybe it is a way to keep them out. Um, yeah. I think the bigger thing is that, uh, Nevada takes its regulations very seriously. It has, you know, it was there for decades with it. They were one of the few, you know, so people get this, I get this on Twitter all the time. Oh, how come DFS is illegal in Nevada? DFS is illegal. It's not illegal. It's completely legal. You just have to be registered as a gaming or gambling entity. And so far, DraftKings and FanDuel, which fought in court for years in 50 states, arguing they were not gambling, well, if they register as a gambling property in Nevada, then that invalidates all their court arguments. One big thing also, uh, kind of get into the weeds, but we're looking at New York. Uh, New York actually is challenging the legality of DFS. And there is an outside chance that their highest court could rule that DFS is illegal in New York, even though online sports betting is completely legal. It was uh, the legal maneuvers about how New Yorkers approved DFS versus how they approved online sports betting. Isn't that crazy? that that Because when New York went illegal for DFS. It almost killed the entire industry. The whole thing yep. almost collapsed because of the number of players, because it's peer to peer, you need that gigantic state to be legal. And if New York is out in the number one city in America is out, there was a lot of fear about the overall collapse of the entire, you know, ecosystem for DFS. So that, that's definitely something to look at, even though these DFS companies are now pivoting, you know, primarily to be sports books. It's really, yeah. that's definitely something to watch. What, what do you make of what's going on with DraftKings right now, Ryan? We, we were talking about this earlier and I actually had a, had a VP DM me during the show when Dave and I were talking a bit about the future targeted target markets. And he, he works in, in the customer retention side of things and said, look, their full focus right now is on customer retention, not customer acquisition. Ryan, at in LA where Dave and I were, DraftKings was nowhere to be found. It was weird. FanDuel was everywhere. DraftKings was nowhere to be found. What's going on with DraftKings? <laughs> oh, man, a lot of different things. DraftKings is obviously the most notorious for blowing as much money as possible on that. It'll be interesting to see if they really are now focused on retention um, <laughs> versus trying to acquire it. They've been spending so much. DraftKings is different than the other major sports betting operators is they've been really aggressive about NFTs, about 
you know, other stuff like that, other alternatives to just sports betting. Also keep in mind that all sports books like DraftKings, FanDuel, they're trying to get into iCasino. So that's going to be a big push as well. They really have to struggle not only with FanDuel, but that MGM where MGM name has really helped them with iCasino. MGM is third in sports uh, sports betting handle, but they're second moving on first in iCasino, which is more profitable per person. So they really have to look at that as well. Actually, something uh, uh, selfish fits here for us at Wagers over there, but DraftKings earnings call is Friday. It's going to be a big one, not only some Super Bowl stuff, but is there going to be another pivot? Is there going to be something else that look to differentiate themselves? This cash burn and all this is starting you know, the shareholders, everybody, the stock price is starting to suffer. They want to see some profits. Now, is it through sports betting? Is it through NFTs? Is it through the metaverse? Through ever, whatever they might be, eventually the tide's going to turn. MGM already went ahead with their earnings call and said, we want to be basically revenue positive for BetMGM by next year. That's a big deal. And a lot of that will be at casino. Can DraftKings do that? Well, they have more to catch up because they are spending even more than BetMGM is on acquisition. So, uh, yeah, again, a lot of it, they're a major player, obviously. Them and FanDuel are 1-2, an overall iGaming handle. So will they continue? <laughs> it's going to be something to find. And I think Friday will give us a little bit of a hint on what they have next in store. What time is the earnings call, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, uh, results come out probably 8 a.m. Eastern with the call at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. I'll They're one up. of those annoying pre-market <laughs> ones. I like the up. aftermarket ones better. I just started listening to these earnings calls, right? And, and and I get a kick out of it because like you hear one thing, but it sounds like they're talking to just the shareholders and stuff. Do you listen to these, you know, uh, shareholder meetings a, a lot? And like, what are you listing for Friday that you're going to go? Oh, that's what they're going to do next. Like what? Cause I know some of them are terribly boring. I mean, terribly boring, like, and, and you just know that to just talk and to talk and then they don't take questions or the loaded questions and then it's done. What do you need to hear Friday to kind of go, Oh, okay. They're on the right path. Or what will you hear Friday and go, geez, I don't know. Well, see the other side of it is the biggest takeaway is they're kind of pep rallies because they are addressed for the shareholders. So they don't, they don't tell you the negatives. And then if you look at the, they always have four or five big stats and those stats are never the same from quarter to quarter. It's whatever four or five cherry pick stats for best. So they always, you know, when it comes to revenues, what I what I really look for, what I used to was state market launches. Um, one of the big things we're looking at is Ontario, huge, second biggest market in North America after New York. That would be enormous. So what are their plans for Ontario? Have they been licensed yet? Their launch date is April 4th. That would be big. Some of the other guys, the score, which got bought by Penn National Barstool, they're already in. They're going to be live that is DraftKings going to be there. So I look for something like that. And then again, yeah, maybe another pivot. Uh, are we doing, like I said, metaverse? Are we doing something different? Um, and also, again, they ask, say this every time, we're going to slow down the cash spend. We're going to slow it down. We're going to be profitable. We're going to do, you know, we're going to get player. We'll be curious to see if they have any metrics about that because they are getting a lot of pressure. Hey, DraftKings for being, when, you know, the king, pun intended, when you're in the news all the time, when you're promoting all the time, you get more pressure, you get more attention from people like me, and their stock has, you know, plummeted. Now, everybody's really struggling in sports betting and otherwise, but they've had, it's been a big crater. They have a lot of attention and they're going to have to eventually turn this around. 
So that's what we're kind of looking at. What is it? The spending? Is it hey, this moonshot different idea? Hey, we're in Ontario. We're going to dominate there. You know, whatever that might be. Those are some of the highlights we'll be looking for. Very cool. Ryan, for the folks who might be just hearing about wagers.com for the first time here with your appearance on, on, on here on BBB, what will people find if they go to wagers.com right now? Yeah, right now on wagers.com, we are talking about uh, really lots of the nuts and bolts in the industry specific. So today, the Super Bowl numbers that continue to pour in, what do those mean? Analysis of what that is, not just the numbers themselves, but what that means for the industry overall. Uh, we're also looking at just any business-related things. It can range from a new job listing, new executives. Uh, I posted earlier this week, ESPN is looking for a sports betting product designer. That's the type of stuff that we dig into and what that with ESPN, wink, wink, hiring for this, what does this mean uh, long-term for what they might do for sports betting? So it's, it's you guys got to talk, I call it props and all that, maybe more some of the fun stuff, uh, the debates and, and the, the lines who you should bet. We are uh, industry analysis on the people you're betting with. What's going on with DraftKings? What's going on with FanDuel? What's going on with startups? Stuff like that. ESPN, the sports book coming soon. I it's applied happened. for the job. I'm waiting for the you you applied for it? Oh, why not? I want to see what you're talking about. Great stuff, Ryan. Thank you for the time, man. Really appreciate you coming on. We'll do it again soon, right? Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. That is Ryan Butler at Butler Bets, host of the Wagers Wonks podcast every Monday. That podcast drops on wagers.com. Wagers.com is our sister site. Bet, uh, betprep.com, wagers.com, props.com. There's your trilogy that we work with here. You're going to see a lot more of Ryan and the bet prep guys. And well, that goes into the, well, right now, the prop bet of the day. What's that? Triangle. Oh, there you go. Yeah, our triangle, our American affiliate triangle uh, that we are there. So we've got a betprep.com prop of the day today, and it comes from our guy, Brian Fe- Brad Feinberg, who hosts Giving Props. Giving Props is a podcast from betprep.com. He's the expert. He's the sharp, if you will. He is going Trey Young over eight and a half assists today against the Cleveland Cavaliers. According to our guy, Brad, he thinks this is a full one unit too low for Trey young, given what Trey young has been doing. How do you feel about Trey young over eight and a half assists at minus minus one twenty two at Fandle? Uh, what's the average right, right around here. Yep. That's pretty much his average. It's a little bit lower than his average actually, but it's pretty much there. Let's see. Uh, Brad says he is 35 and 16 year to date to the over on this. And he is 28 and 23 when the number has been nine and a half. He thinks it's missed price by a full assist. He thinks it should be nine and a half, not eight and a half. Okay. Um, 219. Wow. I like the under in the game. Um, I think I would book this one just, uh, Based on what my my brief look at it, no real deep dive analysis other than that. So I don't know. I like Trey over on this. Yeah, up up tempo game, high total. How about Steph last night? By the way, speaking of high totals, I went with the under on that Warriors game last night, and Steph goes off and hits what eight three, scores thirty three points, and they get blown out by the Clippers. Clippers are. I'm telling you, man, the Clippers are a team that they could beat anybody any night. They could lose by 20 to anybody <laughs> any night. They are all over the place right now. I watched a little of that game. I'm like, this team looks like they can win the NBA championship tonight. What is going on? I, I, I have no idea. They're one of those teams that, like, man, like Phoenix don't want to see them in the playoffs. You know, it's going to be a hard out. 
they're gonna if uh, I don't know. It's 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 uh they play back to back tonight. They're catching 13 points to Phoenix tonight. They're probably gonna lose by 20 tonight. They just beat Golden State. They'll probably get blown out tonight in Phoenix. Interesting. What do you make of if you look at the Warriors team right now, and and obviously they're gonna get Draymond back at some point, but like yeah. Do you have any worries there? Like Steph has to go nuclear for them to even be in the game and they got beat by 20. Yeah, they need Draymond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not winning an NBA championship without Draymond. And they need Draymond healthy. Like they can't have half Draymond. They need him to to do all of that stuff that he does. Um not to mention just provide that spark. I mean, the guy's full of energy. Uh I'm not saying Golden State can't win it as far as the West, but like I'm okay with like your Phoenix bet yesterday. Like now's the time. I think, you know, books are slow to adjust because you don't get the no bets unless you're at a place like Circa to people bet against them. The number's already down on Golden State. So them winning the championship, I might, if it was me and you, let's move it up a little bit and see who who wants it now. Because until Draymond comes back, they may get knocked down a few picks. Right. No, it, it, it's really true. All right. Time now for better to book it. We, we've already gone into these games a little bit here. Dave will say whether he likes it or not. If he likes it, he bets it. If he doesn't like it, he books it. Three bets going to in college basketball and one in the NHL that I will throw at Dave. And we'll start with Villanova. Laying four on the road at Providence. We've already kind of broken it down, but you are not liking this play, are you? Nope, I'm taking the points. I'm taking a home <laughs> dog. Everything you said, everything Casali said, it makes it makes perfect sense. Um, but that's why Nova wins. Because it makes sense to take the points. It makes exactly. sense. Exactly. I was it, just going to say. I, make, I that's, mean, why, that's why I'm betting it. I'm uh, literally doing that. I'm literally going, everything tells me to take Providence. I handicapped it. I looked at it. Three is Ken Palm every, and it's going to be like a 10 point Nova win. Yeah. That's yep. the, just, that's why I laid the four, four and a half. I just think that it's going to be one of those games where everyone is saying, oh, it's Providence. They're 14 and 0 at home. How are they a home dog? How is this possible? How, how in the world yep. is a 14 and 0 team at home catching four points? This is incredible. Two possessions. Oh, give me the dog. Nova wins by 10. Yeah. See, it doesn't sound good when you say it like that. I mean, just, like that's why I bet I, I literally did I that last night. My whole handicap, I was like, everything is saying to bet the home dog here. And I'm betting the favorite. Like I'm just I'm going right against all of that trend. The seven and oh against the spread as a home dog and all the other crap that Providence has got. Yeah. I, I this this could end up being a stinky dog, you know, or dog with fleas. Public like, dog with Yeah. It's, it's it's it could be no good. I'll take the points and we'll and we'll have something to watch later. I'm laying four. Okay, so then Kentucky is plus one. I've not seen the latest line on this. One and if, a half. Just uh, plus one and a half or minus one and a half. Kentucky plus one and a half. Okay, so money's coming in on Tennessee on this. Interesting, because so Tata Washington is being out. As Thomas Casali talked about, there's an injury there that could be factoring in here. I don't like Tennessee on the glass. Much like running games, traveling in defense, traveling in football, rebounding on the offensive and defensive glass. That travels to me when yes. I've got a road favorite that's got or a road dog that's got a small line that has the big edge in rebounding, which Kentucky will have tonight. I'm taking that team. Betting your book, Kentucky plus one, one and a half tonight on the road at Tennessee. Booking that one too. 
I, I'm the home team guy in February. I, don't I am too. Normally, yep. I am yeah. most most nights. I, I absolutely agree with it. These are just two games where I'm laying with the with the better team on the road. That's yeah, and that's that's fine. And again, that could win. Kentucky yep. is that team right now. Where you know you heard you you heard DC say that you know this is a futures buy right now that's actually got some value because there's a lot of the value has been gone from a lot of the teams. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's dangerous. Kentucky can go there and win this game by 10. They can go there and beat Tennessee. Alabama. Uh, look, look at the one by Bama by 11 doing the exact same thing. Did you hear what he said about Bama? Did you? He's right though. Comes? I know he's right. I was just like, Oh no, this is, this is true, but I've been dismissing Bama. I've been telling everybody that they're a bet against in the tournament. 14 threes. If they shoot like that, they'll beat anybody in the country. I know. I know anybody in the country, I mean, but, but that's a make or miss team. And that's very difficult to, to sustain that over three weekends. Six games, Right. How are they going to do that for yeah, six you, games? You can be hot for a weekend. Can you be hot for three weekends? That's the problem. I, I don't think that they can. I, I think that they could easily get to the sweet 16. They maybe get to the elite eight, but I can't see them getting to the final four. Right. Just, I well, can't see Bama getting there. And I just, because, but I love their team. I mean, I, I, I love Nate Oates. I love their back. They got athletes, man. There's, Ooh, no, boy, there's no question about it. They they got athletes. They got shooters. They play fast. Like they can put up a hundred. I mean, they they're like the anti-Houston. Houston's all athletes on defense. Right. Alabama's all ath- athletes on offense. Yes. Like Houston versus Bama would be a super fun game to watch. Ooh. That would be total contrast in styles. That would Neutral, be a fun who's favored? <sighs> Houston. See, I was going to say Bama. I was going to say. I would say Houston because of gonna, defense. It's going to yeah. be right around and like it's going to be two either way. That's a, that's a great game. Like, yeah. and that's what we get March Madness, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Tournament wise, that'd be incredible. Watch oh, those two teams be, play in tournament. It would just awesome. be sick. I, I can't wait. So because um, they because Alabama, wait, they, they played. Bama played Houston and one by one. Bama did play Houston this year. And one Where? By one. Uh, I think it was neutral. I think it was neutral. Ooh. But that's one of Bama's key wins. Because they've beaten Houston, Gonzaga, and who's the other big non-conference win that they have? They have three big non-conference wins, and they have three really bad conference losses. They lost to Georgia. They lost to Missouri. Um, but that's why they're so funky. But they have they they beat Houston, Gonzaga, and somebody else who I'm forgetting. There's a third team that they beat. I'm, I'm forgetting. But okay. they've got three good marquee wins. Uh, and then finally, NHL play. We've got the Devils. Wait, I thought you said you had another college basketball game. No, nope, just two. Oh, okay. Two college and one one hockey. All right. We're going NHL over six, Tampa Bay and the Devils. Betting or booking, minus 125. Oh, we're betting that. Over six. <laughs> I mean, you picked the right one. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, Is it six and a half yet? No, uh, well, I mean, it's going to be. It's wow. Just, let me see. Hold on. Let me click refresh. Hold on. I thought for sure that would be high. That would get to six and a half or higher. I thought that might, I thought seven might be a possibility by puck drop. Yeah, let's see. Devils have given up 24 goals in their last six home games. So DraftKings is six and a half under, but everyone else is six over a quarter. There's a six over 30 at WinBet. Again, I would just move the, just move the number at this point because who, Who's going to bet this game under? I, I I don't see it. The Devils have been giving up that goal in the first 10 minutes. They've been giving up goals in the first period. They're going to be tra- trailing in this game. If they get a goal in the first period, this game could be 2-1 or 3-1 after the first period. 
saw it last night with Tampa, or I mean Toronto. Toronto was playing uh, Seattle. It was 3-1 after the first period. The total was six flat, six and a half in places. Finished over eight. Same thing tonight. I like this one a lot. What do you feel, or how do you feel about lightning puck line? Because um, my handicap is 5-2 lightning. Yeah, that sounds about right. Listen, the NHL board tonight is treacherous. There's, <laughs> everything is $2 or more. Uh, the Penguins are $3 over the Flyers. Woo-hoo. There's only two games that are, you know, minus reasonable numbers. The Rangers are short favorite and the Nashville's a short favorite. Oh, and then somehow the Kings are favored over Edmonton. I can't believe it. I mean, I guess they catch Edmonton off a of back-to-back up in San Jose last night or something, but Edmonton's going to beat the Kings tonight. So that's that's one that you're actually getting the better team at a plus. These hockey lines are messed up. Um, it's okay to lay the puck lines with really good teams like Tampa against really bad teams like the Devils. Don't hesitate to do it. Don't lay that juice. I mean, minus 285, who wants to do that? Lay the puck and a half and lay a reasonable price. Yeah, somebody actually said to lay two and a half. You can go and do an alt spread if you want and lay, and, and lay two and a half saying this game's going to be a three-goal win. That'll like give it. you a sweat in a hockey oh, game. Oh, two and a know? half. Uh, you know, but it's plus. Think. Normally, it's like plus 200. So, I mean, you'll, yeah. get, you'll get good juice on it if you want to go. You can, you can ladder it. You, you could go money line one and a half, two and a half if you wanted to. Oh, you definitely could do that. Yeah. You, you, um, a lot of times, though, like the way to attack that in that situation is to do what you just did, but the total. Right. Like if you like the team, you, you're not laying much juice on the total, minus 120. If they're going to probably cover the puck line, maybe, maybe not. 5-3 gets you over the total comfortably, doesn't cover the two and a half. Right. <laughs> right. Which is a very, I mean, I think five, two, but five, three could be easily. I mean, it could be five, three as well. Right. Gar- garbage goals. Yes. I mean, third period, the lightning right now are the, one of the best teams. I think they're the second best team in the whole NHL uh, for over three, over third period goals. So they get up and then they kind of just skate around and they'll give up a late goal. They'll score two goals in the third. They'll give up a goal or two themselves because they're up four, one heading to the third period. And so there's four goals scored in the third period. That means nothing for the game, but you go over third period from the total at one and a half in the third period. So yep. just something to watch. If your book allows you to bet third period in game, it may be, or at least wait till after the second period and bet the total in game, do a little you know, math on the side and the lightning and the devils both are pretty good third period bets as well. So yep. just another way to kind of attack it too. little hockey knowledge information. I could do this. I, I bet hockey. I, I bet hockey a lot. I just I love it. Don't bring it to the show that often. All right. Favorite thing about today is what? Oh, for me, it's going to be lunch here in about uh, 20 minutes. Um, what is it? Aunt Larry and Uncle uh, Uncle Larry, Aunt Mary Jane are going back to Tampa. So this is their last day here. So we're going to swing by to Omelette Cafe. My guy, Iggy, the chef there. We're, we're good buddies. He's talking about wanting to bring us there to do a show for Wait, people. And this is the people. place in Centennial, right? Well, there's two. There's one by you. This is one location, and his one his other location is right by my house. Yes, so it's. I've heard about this candy. place. So tell me a bit. This place is good. Omelet Cafe. This place tremendous. is tremendous. I've Don't, heard good. I've heard tremendous. good things about this place. It's great. It's breakfast, lunch only. Seven to three is is always open. He's, he's a guy from it's Chicago. A, it's a Vegas retirement special. 
Oh, it's the perfect place. It's ex- I feel like an old man walking yeah. in, but everybody knows me, and it, and they treat me like a, a king when I go in. So I bring the kids. I bring the family. We're bringing Uncle Larry and Aunt Mary Jane over there. We're going to sit down, have lunch. They're going to go to the airport, go back to Florida. It's been a great stay. They came out just to get out of you know Florida and come to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and they just wanted to hang out here. So while I was out doing my thing on Sunday, they were here hanging with the kids and you know, we played perfect cards and did all that stuff. So big lunch today planned uh, in the next 20 minutes. For me, I am three pounds from fight weight. Yeah, baby. So I, I woke up this morning at 2.06 and I went, okay, uh, I, I I can see the finish line. And each day is, I, I go to the gym today. It's it's getting to like that kind of like emotional part where like I'm starting to like mentally peak. I'm starting to get like, okay, this is this three-year journey is about to come to the end. And it's going to be really interesting. Like win or lose, I don't really care. I want to win, obviously. But like it's it's been such a crazy three-year journey to get to this point where I'm like, I'm going to lace my shoes on. I'm going to put my gloves on and it's go time. It's for real. No pitter-patter, no sparring, like straight up ding-ding. <laughs> Go let it go. Have we got a scouting report on the opponent yet. I mean, no, and, and he doesn't have one on me really either. So well, that's it's okay. It, I mean, I'm, yeah. all, I, I'm all right. You know, I'll we don't know. I mean, it's it's b- when we get across the ring from each other will be the first time we actually will like legitimately see each other. We have no idea what it will be like. There's no like, you know, bad blood. There's no animosity. There's no trash talking. There's none of that. It's just put your helmet on, put your gloves on, go at it. <laughs> three two-minute rounds i'm gonna get someone to get a burner on twitter to start talking smack to you about from 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 the I, opponent i don't really need it like basically all i mean all rocky my trainer is is like just so you know i'm gonna say some things to you before the fight that you probably aren't gonna like on purpose so just fyi and it was like he gave me kind of a preview of it and i was like okay we're good like <laughs> you know you know it's, it's all you, you say a couple things like that and you know my blood will start to boil so uh it'll be yeah, I'll be ready to go. I mean, I are you sparring today? Yeah. So we'll we'll go at it today. So Time's we'll spar. The session. What? Time's the session. Um, I don't know because the kids that I was supposed to spar, you know, two or three, one of the two. I I I don't you don't know yet as to what maybe th- I think it may be three today. Um that, that that we go in there and and spar and 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 really like the one thing I haven't been doing nearly as much as I would have liked to have done, but I'm actually kind of glad that I'm not because the potential of fighting on back-to-back days does give me a little bit of a pause from a brain situation. So we haven't been doing really a lot of hard sparring. Um, we do, we're doing a lot of moving, a lot of sparring, a lot of, a lot of hitting, but nothing like full blow, like, you know, yeah, 85%, 90% throwing and, and getting hit, which kind of makes me feel better. Cause if I win on Saturday, I turn around and fight on Sunday. And for someone who's never fought ever <laughs> to fight on back-to-back days, that's a whole different world. Like that's, I'm going to wake up if on Saturday. If you win Saturday, we're going to be so high. It's my Sunday's head's going to hurt so great. much on Sunday morning. I'm going to have such a headache on Sunday morning. Oh. And like, oh, by the way, let's go do it again. Like, wait till yeah. I, oh God, wait till Monday when I come on. I'm like, I can't hear. Cause like my head's <laughs> going to be ringing. I'm going to have like a permanent ring in my ear. Cause I've been hit so many times over 48 hours of after never being hit full bore, <laughs> I'm going to get hit for six rounds in two days, straight up, you know, Keep your uh, hands up, boy. Oh, hell your yeah. Hands up. You should see the pillow 
thing that I wear. The, 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 the master's helmet is a joke, man. It is. I have a typical USA boxing sparring helmet that I wear normally. And I got the master's helmet. I was in LA and it chipped to the house when I got home. It is a pillow. I cannot believe 16 ounce gloves. And then like this, like gigantic thing around my head. The, there's like no way of getting hurt. Like there's just no way. Like there won't be anyone on the show. Just oh my gosh. People. Oh, that would be a riot. Yeah. It puts that on. Maybe I will wear it tomorrow yeah, on the tomorrow. show. Yeah. I'll wear so that. It's the it's show. the funniest looking thing ever. It's just like wait. huge. It's a big marshmallow on your head <laughs> to make sure that you don't get hit Let's hard. Go. That no one's getting knocked out. Like there are no knockouts coming with this thing. It's just it's almost I would say it's almost you impossible. You may get knocked out if you get hit in the spleen. Well, that's the that's the whole game plan. <laughs> don't give away my game plan now, okay? This is this is the whole game plan. Sure. Edit that. The, 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 whole, the whole game plan is da 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 body. Right? That's that's the whole that's the whole all game right. plan. So, all right, guys, make sure you are subscribing to the Props YouTube channel to get everything we're producing here. We got some awesome content. You guys haven't checked out the interviews we did with Pat McAfee and the whole entire Pat McAfee show. Really cool stuff with Gump and Nikki Skates and all the guys uh, behind the scenes with the Pat McAfee show. Just a really cool litany of, we called it the after show. So it's Bostonian versus the book, the after show. And so you can see interviews we did with Darren Rovell and others uh, that are up right now from Los Angeles on Radio Row, which is really, really, really cool. So subscribe so you get that. Make sure you subscribe on Apple or Spotify on the audio portion of this podcast. You guys can get in touch. Our big thanks to Thomas Casali from NBC Sports Bet and Ryan Butler from Wagers.com. Our first two guest show, Dave. Job fair. Pretty good. Excellent work. We did sir. two. Very good by Matt Farah. Nice job. We're back tomorrow for a Wednesday edition of the Bostonian versus the book.